0: Stumble upon the Conscious Wellness Podcast. My name is Christine Winifred McDonough, and I'm so thankful you're joining me today. I am a holistic wellness specialist that combines personal training and foundational movements with mindfulness practices and, of utmost importance, spiritual and self awareness. I'm a holistic wellness specialist who combines personal training and foundational movements with mindfulness practices. As well as self awareness to help you become the best version of yourself. Typically, I will be the one in the interviewing seat, but today I have a special guest, my coach, my podcasting coach, my producer, Mister Jesse, Mister Bandwagon. (laughs) He's here. He's coming in. He's going to be interviewing me to make this flow a little smoothly today.
1: Well, I just want to help tell your story.
0: And
1: by the way, Christine, thank you for letting me. Let me be part of your project because I'm super excited to hear your story about all the things of health. Yeah. And in your mission statement, you talk about overcoming challenges of achieving better mental, emotional, and physical health. Yes, sir. How are we getting there?
0: Well, my goodness. So we're going to talk about my story because there's a lot of power in just owning your own story. So I usually have my clients start with that, you know, in our introductory session, I'm like, tell me about you, where have you been? What have you done before? Where are we? So that way we can chart our course to where we're going. I'll share a little bit about my story. And as anyone knows, your own story gets edited so many times. So as I edit, I'll be filling you in and updating you. But then what we're doing is we're sprinkling in guests that I'll be interviewing. And it's friends of mine, people that were in the fitness industry with me, people that are in more of the holistic wellness side, Different practitioners essentially getting them to talk about what their journey was or is, and how they overcame it. Because I think there's a lot of power in everybody's story that you can hear. Wow, I'm not really alone in this, and then you can empower yourself on your own journey.
1: Let's just start with you began in the fitness industry, correct? Yeah. So, what inspired you to to that route during right. your younger years? What took you there?
0: How much time do we have?
1: <laughs> um well, you're paying me by the hour, so we're right. also, like, dynamite
0: Greece. this is on me awesome, yeah, so it goes back I mean, I grew up as a student athlete, much more emphasis on the athlete, less on the student I played I was good in school uh as a pro as just a way to get me out on the field faster, right but not only sports, I was really into the community right so my youth group of my church, I worked a bunch of jobs. I was in various groups. I did art classes after school. And you almost look back at it thinking like, how the hell did I have time to fit all it in? My parents were incredible, right? I had everything I needed and some of the stuff I wanted, but there was a lot of extracurriculars in there, which was important. And by the time I got through high school and off to college, I was just so tired of exerting that much energy because part of what was not in there was taking pause, shutting it down you know, it was very much this, oh, I've got to please everybody. I've made this commitment, right? My mom, I have it ingrained in my brain, like you made a commitment, you've got to do it. and So you just showed up whether you had the energy or not. And so college came and I I just didn't have it anymore. And I was good enough, you know, my my university didn't have softball. I could have easily tried out and walked on, could have given basketball a shot. I don't know how far that would have gone. But ultimately, I just made a conscious effort to no, we got to, I want to enjoy myself. I want to enjoy the collegiate experience. So the pendulum swung from being hyper involved and, and just in everything to a crashing halt and not crashing. I mean, I, I filled it in, you know, academics were important when you go to a private college or you're lucky enough to make that choice. I was threatened that if my grades weren't good, it wasn't happening for a long time. Right. So I kept that Mm -hmm. in, but Um, I got a job. I started babysitting. I like found, I don't even know, there was like some community thing. I found people, but I really just focused on the collegiate experience, but there was really nobody at the helm. There was no direction there. So yeah, I basically, I'm lucky I graduated to say the least. Uh, My senior year, I was in what I now know as a pretty significant depression. I did grow up with a, a understanding of it because my mom, before I was born, had to go to inpatient dep- inpatient d- depression clinic. And uh, having me was actually kind of a sign that her body was returning. <laughs> well, I don't know that they wanted to be that late in their lives, but, you know, things were starting to work. And um, so I was always aware of it, but I, there was this whole, you don't talk about it. I didn't even know my mom had gotten help to that degree until I was an adult. And so Luckily, I had these like milestones that pulled me through. Right. It's like, all right, graduate. OK, I'm not going back to New Jersey. I'm going to stay up in Massachusetts. That decision was made in a weekend because I felt like if I went back to New Jersey, I would just become I wouldn't do it. I, I don't want to say towny because my town is great, but I just wouldn't have kept the momentum going. And so although my degree was in speech pathology, you need your master's to practice. I was no place ready to even apply for my graduate program. And I understood that. So I didn't. And I worked privately for a family um, and actually a couple families in a neighborhood. And it was great, you know, but over time, there were a couple things that happened. One, I was giving all my energy to this family or these families, excuse me. And two, I had let my Health really backslide because I was now in the space of all right. I'm in my early 20s. I'm in South Boston. I'm hanging out with friends. You know, it's that weekend warrior. It's like you get through the week just to get to Thursday night because that's when the partying starts. And then the Sunday scaries popped up on Sunday, and you do, you just keep going. Like you just keep steamrolling it, and you don't even hold this awareness. And uh, in let's think September of 2011. I decided I need to make a change. I had gotten on the scale that I had been avoiding for a while. It had crept over 200 pounds. It had crept up to 212. And I want to be very clear. This is the way I categorize it. You might have that number on the scale and it'd be fine. But I personally felt gross. I was disgusted with myself, both physically and mentally. I couldn't believe that I had let everything spiral out of control because although I wasn't skinny as a kid when I was athletic, I was athletic. I was a brick shithouse and I was very powerful. So it was never about being skinny, um, although I wanted to desperately be like my friends. But I understood that like I wasn't even in this athletic shape. Mm-hmm. And so that was the day that I decided, okay, I got to turn this around. And that was the entry point into personal tr- or like the f- the fitness industry. Because all my life I am just by now, I'm a leader, I'm a coach, I'm a teacher, and so I started with my own wellness practices. I joined Weight Watchers, I joined Planet Fitness, just because I didn't know how to do it as without the mask of being an athlete, right? Like it wasn't okay. Go out and do wind sprints until you're throwing up because you got to get ready for soccer. It was like we'll just go on a mile walk, right? And it was this very much more relaxed. And I had to learn how to eat, which is what Weight Watchers afforded me, and then I lost 20 pounds. And then New Year's Eve of 2011, I tore, I was on a ski, I had a ski accident and I tore my ACL, MCL and patellar tendon. And I remember sitting there, I was drinking tequila on the rocks. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Brian Flynn. And I was crying and he was like, and somebody said, cause it was like this, fa- it wasn't my family, but they're like family. Um, and somebody was like, oh, are you in that much pain? And he goes, no, she's not in pain. He's like, she's afraid because he knew me, we had had a conversation. He's like, she's afraid she's going to backslide because I had lost 20 pounds at that point. And I was psyched, right? Like right. the world is my oyster. And he's like, well, just commit to it. And, I, and like, it was only because I was so ready to hear that message that it was that simple of a message that I actually heard it. And so through my, my knee recovery, I just focused a lot on my nutrition. And then I had to dedicate myself to my, my physical therapy and. I came out of that and I was like, okay, I need to help people change their lives because, and I've said this, I said this on our friend Mandy and Rachel's podcast. If I can make somebody's wellness journey a second shorter or with one less speed bump than I had, I'm going to do it. Right. And we just need to, you need a buddy. So
1: that's where I was going to go with this during this time period. Did you have Like you mentioned you had some mentorship and coaching to help you get through this process.
0: Yeah. So when I was first in losing the weight was Weight Watchers. And so there's like a weekly meeting. I really didn't invest too much in that person, but there was that was there. Right. So there was that. I also had joined this cardio kickboxing and that was cool. Like it was, uh, I felt myself again, you know, striking something, let out this energy and just, it just was incredible at the time. Um, And that really motivated me. And then I started, I, when I got hurt, I looked at the dude and I was like, I'm going to work for you when I'm healed from this. And he kind of looked at me like, okay, crazy. Like, sure. And then I came back and sure enough, that was my first fitness job, but he helped me through that. And then my other friend, Jesse, another Jesse of, he was down here, but he was my physical therapist and he worked with me through two surgeries and was a cornerstone of my recovery.
1: Shout out to Jesse's.
0: Shout out to Jesse. You know, we, w- there's a occasional, he has a shout out to Kingdom Coffee Company, uh, cause he and his wife started an awesome company out, up in Vermont, but we often will exchange every so often, but I'm so grateful. Like I couldn't have made it through without him, but he was that person and he worked mo- on the physical, but in my, in my personal training, well, they weren't personal training in my physical therapy sessions. We would sit there. And it was, it was from the ground up. Like I had to rebuild this house because I couldn't do the things, you know, surgery takes you out of the game. And so I had to start at the, the ground zero and he just held my hand through that. So
1: it sounds like you had, obviously with any time you had, you got this solid foundation in traditional diet and exercise training and coaching. Yeah. You've now taken it to a holistic side. Mm-hmm. Can you explain a little bit more how that transition happened?
0: Yeah. So I get into the fitness industry. I'm a cardio kickboxing instructor. I have no formal training, only that I was an athlete. So while I was instructing at kickboxing, I also had joined a gym just because I needed to be able to turn on, like take off my instructor mask and just join a gym. Right. And so the stars, it's a story for another day, but the stars aligned. And I met this dude at Staples while he was printing out stuff for his business. And sure enough, he's a gym owner. And I walked into the gym and I was like, sign me up. And then I so I was a member first. And then when everything got a little more turbulent with kickboxing, I challenged him to hire me. And he did the idiot. I'm just kidding. Best decision we could have both made. (laughs) Um, But what that so I started in membership. And that was my it was my job. Somebody walks in, they say, hey, I want to check it out. Or, hey, I have a seven day free pass. Let me see what it's about. And I was your cruise director. I essentially, from a sales perspective, anyone that knows sales, the first thing you do is you get to know them, you get them to trust you, but you do that by qualifying them. And although, you know, a typical tour and sign up process should take a half an hour, mine would take forty-five minutes to an hour because I really invested in the people and I got them to understand that I didn't want you to just walk in and join a gym. I wanted you to feel part of a community because that's where change really happens. And that's what got me to any time and through my time there. I then learned the basics of, you know, you're in the fitness culture, you're surrounded by trainers, you know, at the proverbial water cooler, I suppose, water fountain. And I just picked up a ton. And that's where I was given the time to, you know, start exploring and investigating traditional wellness practices. There was a time during this process that I did that. I was also a bodybuilder, uh, which was a very you know, I thought it's what I wanted. Um, It was no good for my body or my mindset over time, but it it did have its space in my journey. But essentially after coming out of that and then kind of reframing the idea that I failed at it because I didn't get down to the weight that I wanted, which was a bummer at the time, but there was also so much more there. I eventually I was dating a gentleman. He was into the fitness thing too. We would do it together and it just, things were kind of stuck. Nothing was moving. And he dumped me, which thanks, Anthony. He gets another shout out. I you often shout out. him out, but he's, he did what I couldn't do. And it really allowed, it gave me the space to open my eyes and work on my self-awareness. And then that led me into therapy. And my therapist was, a is, is, she is not, no longer my therapist, but she's my business collaborator and we're a great pair, but it was traditional talk therapy and psychoanalytical and cognitive behavioral but she added Reiki energy healing at the end. And so it got me onto this mindfulness practice. And then I started weaving that into the bigger picture for my the program of like my clients. And I would start, you know, after my big training sessions, I would say, all right, we're gonna take five minutes to meditate now that you've exerted all this energy. Or are you thinking before you're shoveling, even if it is the clean eating, are you thinking before you put that food in your mouth? And so it just reframed, it started to, you know, infiltrate, well, how do we make this better Gentler, more holistic. And by holistic, I mean whole picture, whole body. Like I can only control what's happening during our, you know, our session. As soon as you leave the gym, we had a grocery store right next door. People would hide from me in the aisles because they thought I was going to (laughs) like look in their carriage or their grocery cart. I'm like, I don't, I'm off the clock, but you should be aware of it. Right. And so it's, Figuring out how I could coach people in this 360 degree view, rather than just the one piece of the pie that's physical, getting folks to understand it's it's way more than that.
1: What I learned in the uh, podcast you did with Mandy and Rachel, that you're not too judgmental on people's diets. You can't be. You're not strict. You're not telling people you have to eat on schedule not enjoy certain good foods that right. might be a little less unhealthy can you talk a little bit more about that
0: yeah no doubt the idea is i mean here's the deal part of and i think i discussed this on that podcast as well as oftentimes somebody's like all right i want to do vegan so i would do all these different modalities at a certain point to try them out for myself and see how they fit in so i could walk the walk with you and walk the path and say hey did this happen to you right through my years of the bodybuilding diet and never also being able to figure it out and then also getting this pretty unhealthy relationship with food and lying to myself and my coach and like the cheating and all that, right? Where it's like, listen, you show up and you're not at the weight you're supposed to be. They know something's wrong, you know? And there were different, you know, er eras of that in my life. But ultimately the whole idea of being that strict and calculated Nobody can keep that boiling pot of energy going for too long, right? Six weeks, maybe eight weeks, 12. I don't know. It's different for everybody, but like, it's not a long-term solution. So what if we reframed this whole idea? We surrendered the idea of being strict, surrendered the self-judgment, the expectations that we have, and just kind of have this new, almost childlike childlike welcoming of this process to say let's see what we can discover let's just let's take it easy because also that's just going to release your stress levels and your cortisol and have it come a little bit easier to you but also finding joy in the process and letting it happen over time and not just this strict 180 degree pivot from where you were
1: awesome so we could talk about this all day and if we do, you're not going to make many podcast episodes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So
1: I want you to explain to our listeners, what are some of the core beliefs that you have right now Mm. that you can, that we'll be talking about in the future?
0: For sure. Um, Movement's important. Super important. You've got to move. And My recommendation there is find something that brings you joy. If you're really not in the space to get moving and you're like, the idea of joining a gym really terrifies me or just disgusts me, you got to at least walk, right? So, whatever you're walking now, I won't even give you a threshold because if you're not walking at all, then I'd be pumped if you were walking 2,000 steps a day, right? But take a baseline of where you are and just move more for now. Walking's great. Being in nature is even better. If you could do it barefoot, depending upon your atmosphere, your, uh, Your environment, great, but movement's important. From there, if we decide, like, yes, I want to start personal training, you've got to strength train for a number of reasons that will that I could spend a whole podcast on that, and like, luckily or likely will. But foundational movements, like if you're in pain, we even have to come back a little bit further and do corrective exercises. So all that to say, movement's important, but it's really an assessment of where you are here at this point on your and your starting point, so that we can start. Exactly, meet you where you are. The second piece would most certainly be nutrition. Again, it's about self-awareness. Where are you starting now? How do we grow from here? What are things that we can maybe add in, like throwing some pink Himalayan salt in your water to retain electrolytes, or excuse me, to add in the electrolytes so that you're actually retaining the water and not just filtering it through. But then also, you know, if you're somebody that needs to go on all diet foods right now just to cut calories, I get it. But then maybe over time we start saying, well, I don't really like the diet salad dressings. What are my alternatives? And like a whole or health kind of aspect. Um, But again, starting where you are, meeting you there and changing from there. So we've got movement, nutrition, and then there's this mindfulness that's blended for me with a spiritual practice. I'm not gonna tell you to go join a church. I'm a recovering Catholic. I wrestle with it a lot. (laughs) The idea though being that there needs to be a time in your day where you are taking pause for self putting your hands on your heart putting your hands on your knees whatever it looks like maybe it's a maybe it's a formal meditation maybe it's just all right before I go into work every day I need to take 5 minutes to breathe but there are so many different things that we can do where it starts with mindfulness If you are more spiritually inclined, we can get there because I am a spiritual life coach, but that's like a whole nother category. Ultimately, it is just taking pause so that your brain can even comprehend what it is that you're doing.
1: What we're going to wrap up with today is today's June 8th. And Mm -hmm. I know that has a significant value to you. And you spoke about it a little bit earlier in our recording today Mm -hmm. about your parents yeah. And that has something to do with this podcast and why the inspiration. Yeah. Want to go a little into what today means for you? and
0: Sure do. Uh, June 8th, 6 8, 1968 was my parents' wedding anniversary. Um, they have both passed. I'm getting a little, I don't get teary often, especially because they've been gone for so long that I've come to terms with it, but obviously nobody's... Nobody can avoid that feeling. I am Christine Winifred because my parents were Christopher and Winnie. And it's really funny because I have three older siblings. I was a a shot in the dark. I was 12 years after Molly. They all got other family names, but I joked with them when I, you know, I'm like, did you guys just run out of creativity? But, and that was my joke <laughs> as a kid. Now there's so much gratitude that I am equal parts, you know, named after both of them. And then everybody that's come before that's had those names. But my business is Conscious Wellness because and Movement because I wanted to take my initials, CWM. This podcast is Conscious Wellness because I want you to think actively about your wellness. But my parents, I always say they were phenomenal. Like I said earlier, I had everything I needed and a lot of the stuff that I wanted. They did the best with what they could. I think part of my adulthood has been realizing that they were human. Right and not infallible, and that that was the beauty. There are things, there are conversations I wish I could have with them now, but especially in the time where my dad was sick with cancer and my mom had dementia, like there was, and in my early twenties, there was a lot of um, shame I had surrounding about my profession as a nanny and a child caregiver. Right, and then I knew that they were always worried about me, and naming my business after them and making the leap of faith into this world full time really holds significance, and I know they'd be proud. And so just giving a little shout out to Winnie and Chris, because without them on this June 8th, I would definitely not be here.
1: Just from my perspective, Christine, it's very tough to even speak about this on a recording. So you should be very proud of yourself for doing this today. But as as we go forward,
0: are we gonna have guests and stuff on this show or what are we gonna do? No, I'm just gonna talk, I'm gonna drone on and let people just (laughs) hear from me all the time. Hell no. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note. (laughs) Of course. uh, I guess not, of course, right? Because plenty of people do podcasts on their own. I always find that when I listen to a podcast and it's just the one person's perspective, I, I find that I listen less. I know I bring a lot of pizzazz to the party, right? But it's not enough. I want my listeners in this community that I'm starting to create and creating already, but I want them to hear from other people just like them or maybe not like them to be able to share their stories on their wellness journey. And that can be physical journey, spiritual, mental. It could be financial journey. It could be a professional journey because I have a lot to speak about that. Um, But getting people to share their stories and like where they've come from, where they are now so that my community can listen, interact, hear from them and realize that there's power. You know, I'm just like somebody else and somebody else got through it and are better and more well now. So my hope is that by listening to these other stories, this community that I'm creating is empowered um, to become the best version of themselves.
1: That's awesome. I'm gonna take over this part because I'm not sure how how uh, season Christine is. We're gonna need a call to action for all the people that want to listen to the Conscious Wellness Podcast. It's going to be on all streaming services, but even at this point, this is the time you want to subscribe. And the thing about podcasting is it's a word of mouth media. So you want to share it with your friends. If you feel like it touches or has some sort of extreme value to anyone that you speak to, go ahead and share this for us.
0: Including your post op- post delivery post officer? No. Your mailman, your mail person.
1: Put a note on the letter outside in your mailbox and yeah. see. If Have you
0: been listening?
1: Well, Christine, it's good to be here with you.
0: And thank this, you. I can't thank you enough for your uh, your willingness to st- help a newbie. This is actually it's pretty cool too because this has been on my 2023 vision board. In the top left hand corner, there's podcasts. So you, I know I'm paying you, but you're helping me make this happen, and it's a big point and of big importance to me. It's all
1: about authenticity. It's not about monetary. Come on.
0: <laughs> well a little monetary it a
1: little bit of both <laughs> it's called balance and we'll talk about this in the future and you won't hear from me in the future but you will hear from Christine
0: yeah yeah yeah